Hi, I'm Greg Fisher. I'm a principal real estate broker in Bend, Oregon with Fred Real Estate Group. Welcome to the 2017 Bend, Oregon Real Estate Report. I created this because most reports are just a collection of ugly graphs, and I like to synthesize big topics. And there's some trends I wanted to share. This report is broken down into four main sections. The first is a pricing analysis for Bend and other Central Oregon cities comparing their 2017 values to their 10-year lows. The second, a contrast between Bend and other popular West Coast destinations, and a look at the factors that are influencing the market here locally. Third, I'll take a look at the different market dynamics in play in Bend on the West side versus the East side, and there are some big surprises here. Finally, I'm including a brief on some of the most important real estate stories of 2017, with information about tax reform, a look at snowpocalypse, and the Bend urban growth boundary. Before we get started, I just wanted to give you a little bit of background information about me. I served in the Navy for 10 years, six active and four in the reserves, and I've been in real estate for over 11 years. I had experience in rentals, property management, and new construction before starting my own brokerage in Fort Worth, Texas. After a few years, I got interested in real estate technology and joined a startup called Doorsteps based in New York City. That company was acquired by Realtor.com, who I worked for in both New York and San Francisco. Two and a half years ago, I moved to Bend. And last year, I served in a growth operations role at Fred Real Estate Group, which is the largest independent brokerage in Bend. We have over 100 agents. This year, I'd like to help as many people as possible buy and sell real estate in Bend. So please don't be a stranger. If you have any questions about real estate, I'm very easy to talk to. And finally, I just wanna give a shout out to Give Back Homes. We donate a portion of our proceeds to help families in need of housing. So let's get started. And by the way, for any of you who are just listening to this on audio, you can find a copy of the report at benstation.com report. I wanted to take a look at median sales prices across Central Oregon and how they've changed in comparison to 10-year lows. Leading the pack is the city of Primeville, whose median sales price in February of 2012 was a mere $84,000, and in 2017 has risen 173% to $229,000. This is an incredible gain, and if you purchase property in Primeville in 2011 or early 2012, you're sitting on a tremendous amount of equity. Other Central Oregon towns followed closely behind. Redmond and Lapine both increased by 140% over their 10-year lows, and Redmond continues to expand with Lapine becoming a more popular destination for those who don't want to live in the city. Bend actually saw 106% gain from its 10-year low in November of 2011, where median sale prices were about $195,000, and today are over $400,000. The same goes for Sisters. Sun River is a little bit of a different story. Sun River had so much supply during the recession, the prices have not increased as much as other Central Oregon towns. Sun River has seen an increase of 32% since its low in March of 2013, but now has the least amount of supply in all of Central Oregon. Scroll to the graph that says months of supply. 
Monthly supply is a great metric that lets people know how much inventory is on the market and how long it'll take to sell. Most folks believe that five to seven months represents a balanced market. Anything over that is a clear buyer's market and anything under five is really an indication of a strong seller's market, which all six cities in Central Oregon are currently below. If you scroll right, you can see a graph that measures the median sales price for every city in Central Oregon from 2011 until today. I included properties that were single family, townhomes, and condos because those are the properties most commonly found in Bend. I excluded mobile homes from this analysis. And just so we're clear on what the median sales price represents, it's the point at which half of the homes sold below that amount and half sold above. It's a much better marker than average sales price if you want to get an idea of what the prices are like in this area. Scroll to the graphic that looks like a big blue and purple spreadsheet. This is where I break down how other popular cities in the West stack up to Bend. This includes Seattle, Portland, Reno, Salt Lake, and Boise. Now obviously Bend is the smallest city on this list, but all of these cities have a lot of the same amenities that are attractive to home buyers, such as ski resorts, airports, universities, and access to jobs. Now Seattle is obviously at the top of this list with home values that come in at over $700,000. By the way, I got these home values from the Zillow Home Value Index, and they're just an estimate of what prices are like in these urban areas. Portland appears to come in around the same range as Bend. However, as you know, Portland is a large metropolitan area and unfortunately is the furthest away from a ski resort where it can take up to 75 minutes to reach the resorts around Mount Hood. However, the airport is close by and accessible by public transportation. Reno is another popular destination that people are looking at in Nevada. Tesla has opened a few factories here and they're continuing to invest in their infrastructure. The airport is close by and even though there's a ski resort within 30 minutes, it's not the biggest and best that Tahoe has to offer. Reno's coming in at about $335,000, prices which you can find on the east side of Bend and within all of the suburbs nearby. Salt Lake probably has the best access to skiing on this whole list and also has an airport that's near its center city. Finally, Boise represents the best value in the Pacific Northwest, with home values in the low 200,000s of dollars. Just like Reno though, skiing is 45 minutes away and that doesn't represent the best of what Idaho has to offer. Scroll to the graph that shows the unemployment rate. Now this rate has dropped significantly across the United States and particularly on the West Coast. But I do think it's important to note that both Bend and Reno had rates well above 10% coming out of the recession, but both cities have worked really hard to drop that rate and make it more in line with other popular West Coast destinations. The availability of jobs is certainly adding to the increase in home prices around Bend. Now scroll right to the graph that has population growth. This will probably be the least popular graph in this entire report for everyone who already lives here, but it's important to note that our population has grown from just over 75,000 in 2012 to over 90,000 in 2017, and is expected to top 100,000 either later this year or sometime next. Let's tackle something a little more lighthearted. Scroll right to the graph that has vertical feet. Let's talk about Mount Bachelor. 
Mount Bachelor is clearly one of the biggest assets that we have here in Central Oregon. It's one of the largest ski resorts in the country and has a season that sometimes stretches from October until July. But scrolling right, that doesn't come without a cost. Season passes have increased significantly over the last four years. And you can see the prices for the early bird full season pass from 2014 until 2017. And this is probably going to keep going up as things are good. But don't let that get you down. Mount Bachelor has some of the best snow in the Cascades. And even though this winter has started out kind of slow, we're actually expecting some new storms to come around and provide some great winter skiing before we hit the spring. Scroll right to the graph that says travel time by air. This represents the approximate flight times it takes to fly nonstop from Roberts Field to the seven destinations that the airport serves, including Portland, Seattle, SFO, Salt Lake City, LAX, Denver, and Phoenix. The airport is a short 20 minute drive from Bend, and most flights are coming in either early in the morning or late at night. So you're never really going to hit traffic when you're going up there. And it goes without saying that security lines are almost unheard of, but that's not going to last forever. Scroll right again and you can see outbound passengers from Roberts Field since 2012. And this is continuing to rise as more people move to the area and come here to do business. But the airport is getting prepared. It completed a major runway renovation and unveiled its new master plan, not to mention the increased options because of the Alaska and Virgin merger. And finally, scroll right to see the 30-year fixed mortgage rate as measured across the same time period that we've been speaking to in this report. And if you have questions about how mortgages work or where mortgage rates are expected to go this year, please reach out to our sponsor who we'll introduce later on in the show. Let's get to the fun stuff. It isn't my intention to stoke divisions between the two sides of town, as I've lived on both and appreciate what they both have to offer. But when looking at the data, the west side and the east side tell completely different stories. The most glaring difference is the median sales price. On the west side in 2017, the median price was somewhere around $535,000. While on the east side, the median sales price in 2017 was $350,000. This is almost a $200,000 difference in the median sales price between the west side and the east side. Scroll to the graph that says home sold by square feet. I've broken this out into west side, which is represented in blue, and east side, which is represented in orange and I drew a line down Highway 97 to get these two segments. That's the line that most people roughly agree represent the boundaries between these two parts of town. So the biggest difference between these two parts of town besides the median sales price would be the size of the homes being sold. The east side is dominated by homes that are less than 2,000 square feet, and on the west side you can find a lot of homes that are greater than 2,000 square feet. Scroll right to the graph that says new listings. I'm going to take you through the four graphs in this series pretty quickly, but I want to make sure I do a good job showing you how they all relate to each other. You'll notice the west side saw an increase in new listings over 2017, but the most interesting part of this graph 
is the section in early 2014 where new listings on the east side overtook new listings coming on market on the west. Scroll right again and you'll find months of supply, which you'll remember is the amount of time it would take to sell all of the homes on the market right now if no new ones came on. And I told you a balanced market is between five and seven months and anything below that is clearly a seller's market. Well, look at the orange line on the east side. The east side has a tremendous lack of supply of homes for sale. And even the west side is only sitting at three and a half months. New development is planned all across the city, including more homes in Northwest Crossing, more homes in the Northeast, but the city has prioritized multifamily housing in the urban growth boundary plan. So it's not clear if this new supply is going to change conditions in a significant way. Scroll right to home sold. You'll notice right in the middle of the graph that homes sold on the east side eclipsed homes sold on the west side somewhere in mid-2014, which shouldn't be a surprise because as we saw in the earlier graph of new listings, new listings on the east side eclipsed those on the west side earlier in 2014, and this graph shows that those homes sold pretty much as soon as they came on the market. Homes sold on the east side continues to outpace those sold on the west side, and that isn't expected to change anytime soon. Scroll right again, and this is the median sales price breakdown between east and west. This is calculated on a rolling past 12 months, so it's not very exciting to look at at first glance unless, of course, you have property here already. And I'll take a look at the quarterly price fluctuations, which are far more interesting and show what time of year homes sell for the most money in my next monthly update, so be sure to sign up. For instance, just scroll right one more time, uh, this is the last graph in the report, and it shows pending sales in the month of December from 2012 to 2017. And looking at um, months and how they perform year over year or quarters and how they perform year over year is how we're able to kind of predict what's going to happen in the market. And so if you're interested in trends like this, uh, just be sure to sign up because I'll cover this stuff in way more detail. And that's a wrap. Thank you for taking time to check out this report. And if you listen to the audio, I very much appreciate it. I just wanted to make it as easy as possible to digest all of this information. And if you enjoy these updates, put your email address in that box that says straight to your inbox. And I'll make sure you get the latest monthly and quarterly updates as soon as they come out. And I promise not to spam you. Thanks to our sponsor, Brett Hartlob of Prime Lending. If you have any questions about mortgages or want to know his thoughts on mortgage rates, please reach out to Brett. Thanks again. I'm Greg Fisher. I'm a principal real estate broker at Red Real Estate Group here in Bend, Oregon, a locally owned company full of some of the smartest real estate brokers in town. If you or anyone you know is looking to buy or sell real estate in Bend, Oregon this year, please don't hesitate to reach out. Thank you again.